I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. On this episode of Best on the Board, we are going to discuss Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals. Warriors looking for a sweep in Dallas. Michael Beller, Brandon Funston, Dan Santaramita here with you on this episode. We are obviously going to get much deeper into this game and this series, but I'm going to ask just for one word here, you guys. Brandon Funston, you first. Golden State, sweep, or are we playing game five? All right, so I guess I, let, let me rephrase, because I said I've been asked for one word. Does Golden State sweep Brandon Funston, yes or no? Gentlemen sweep. Gentlemen sweep. That's more than one word, but it means they're going to win in game five. <laughs> Dan Santaramita, does Golden State sweep, yes or no? Yes. All right, there we go. Dan knows how to follow prompts. That's the, that's growing up in Chicago. It's, it's the, the Chicago area, the northern suburbs. We get educated wonderfully, Dan and I did, in the northern suburbs of Chicago. That's how we do it there. Uh, this is I mean, Look, Golden State, I mean, they're not losing the series. I, none of us thought they were going to lose the series coming into this one. They're up 3-0. They're going to go to the finals, whether it's game four, game five, game six, whatever the case might be. I don't think we're going to get to six, but... This is a game that we're going to talk about here, just this one. Dallas is favored at home, minus one and a half, 215 and a half, the total on this game. Funston, you say gentlemen sweep, so you say Dallas gets a game four victory, one and a half. That's got to be a number that's jumping out at you then. Uh, well, I'm, I think this thing moves to where you can get better odds on Dallas. Uh, you know, like, I think this thing is going to end up being closer to a, just a straight up. In which case, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump in on on taking Dallas early. I would go all the way up because, like I said, I think the public sentiment and you guys kind of prove that to me uh, is <laughs> that Golden State's gonna take this, and so I I would expect the money to move in a more favorable way if you want to back Dallas uh, as you get closer to game time. Uh, game three is just a, a killer for um for for the Mavs, right? And you know the the, the it was a, a weird first half and that the teams were really just kind of feeling one another out. Uh, it felt like, you know, 48, 47 in the first half of that game. And then golden state comes out and, and wins the third quarter by nine points. And that basically, you know, was the game. They were able to keep Dallas at arm's length for pretty much the remainder of the night. Dallas came down. What was that? Maybe two minutes left with a trip where they could have cut it to four or five, something like that. They get a miss Dallas, golden state goes back down, hits a three, game over and so they were able to keep him at arm's length and that's that's really where this comes down to for me is that you know Dallas Golden State just you know with with the know-how with the veteran savvy you know with the players like we keep talking about with Dallas Dallas has the best player in the series whoever they're playing has players two through six in the series with that 
with Steve Kerr. They just it, it just it just lines up one after another after another. And what it comes down to for Golden State is they're the team that's able to make the better adjustments. It feels like in this series, they're the, you know they they totally routed them in Game One behind a ridiculous defensive performance by the Warriors. And then in Games Two and Three, they've been the team that's been capable of making those adjustments on the fly that turn a you know three point lead into an eleven point lead and give you the breathing room to keep a team at arm's length and give you the breathing room to let Luca have a ridiculous individual game, but you still come out with the victory. And that's why also I'm with Dan on this. I think this is a sweep. So wherever it ends up landing, I'll be comfortable taking Golden State. I'll probably just jump in at the one and a half. I haven't done so yet. I probably will just jump in and grab the one and a half because why the hell not? Um, but I think that I think Golden State ends this and then sits back and crosses their fingers and hopes for a seven-game series out east because they could uh, use the uh, time time off to get their legs back underneath them before what would be a really grueling finals, regardless of who wins out East. Yeah. And what's been amazing to me is that the, as you mentioned, the adjustments, the third quarters, well, Golden State in game three kind of started the run. I think late second quarter, maybe actually in game two as well, but the adjustments they've made at a halftime to flip those games from Dallas looking good to pretty good to very good. And then it flipping to Golden State, just seemingly being in control the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. I, I, the thing that gets me as far as because game four is a big psychological thing when it's three zero, right? It's is is the team that's losing in this case Dallas. Are they thinking about vacation already? Have they given up, or are they going to come out feisty and, and fight? Because this line is basically is what it was for game three, and I find that interesting given what we've seen. Obviously, Dallas being favored in game three made sense because they probably could have should have would have won game two right they felt would have felt that at least mm-hmm. and then you go home there's maybe you can get a confidence boost from a weird loss like that but game three golden state was kind of in charge for very much of it go i mean it was yeah. dallas never really had a solid big lead they were up a bit early i i i think and especially hearing jason kidd and luka Doncic basically talk big picture i know they're being asked questions as if it's you know the season's over when they lose three now or they fall down three zero but it felt like they were talking about, oh, we're still young, we're still learning. I'm going, guys, mm-hmm. this is loser talk. You've given up <laughs> from the sound of this. Now, I'm sure they're going to put out an effort. I'm not mm-hmm. questioning that. But just even saying those things, kind of, I don't like that. So that was where my mindset is, I'm sure Luca's going to have a great game because he's just a great player. And he's got that attitude. But it didn't feel like Dallas had the right mindset to fight for a win um, down 3-0. And, and the way Golden State's been playing – it seems like they found like a Kavon Looney. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm going his points over his matchup inside has been huge in this series, being able to, um, you know, move the ball and just give them another finisher inside. He's only at eight and a half points. He's gone over that in all three games. Uh, and it's only minus minus one fifteen. but like guys like that, having the role players step up, like Wiggins having some big moments in game three, every too many things are working well for golden state for me to not think they're going to finish this off. They just look like the much better team right now. I, I will say that y- yes, but that hasn't been the like you know in the Memphis series there was like three games where I just felt like Golden State was sort of mentally like coasting um, and mm-hmm. you know and then we talked about this they, they you know they looked completely different in Game One of this series like okay we're at the Western Conference Finals finally it's time to be the Warriors you know but I just worry about is a three zero lead going to kind of get us one of those games from golden state again so that one has me a little bit worried because dallas has been the team that's been bringing it every night all all sure. playoffs long so yeah. i you know i'm what am i going to bet on more that golden state has a little bit of that 
mental relapse where they got into the you know comfortable zone with against Memphis, or am I going to bet on Dallas just after fighting the entire postseason, just waving the white flag? It, it's tough for me. So, um, I you know I don't know that I've kind of work that out mentally where I'm at, but I am going to go ahead and, and ultimately, I think, back Dallas in this one for one last hurrah. Yeah, I don't think there's any, necessarily any white flag element to this. I just think that, yeah, I mean, Dallas is also spent. I mean, how many how many guys on Dallas's roster? We talked about this being a young team, a team that has uh, you know not a ton of playoff experience. How many guys on Dallas's roster have played this much basketball in one year of their lives? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, have any of them? Literally, has any one of these guys played this much basketball in one calendar year? I don't think. I mean, like they're they're going deeper into a season than they ever have. Has Reggie Bullock been a, uh, you know, been a player on somebody's you know championship run? I'm trying to think, (laughs) or like, (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't remember the Pistons having that uh, (laughs) having (laughs) having uh, any great seasons recently. Uh, so uh, the Knicks, right? He was, so uh, yeah, you're trying I'm, to remember. Saying, it feels like it's been on a few yeah. different teams where you kind of yeah. forgot, you know. So <laughs> yeah, Pistons and Knicks most recently, right? Um, so uh, I'm gonna, let's see. I'm yeah, there was a Clippers. Say... What about Clippers in 2014-15 or Phoenix in 24? Those couldn't have been good teams. I <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's so we're we're just talking talking about, and in contrast that with Golden State, who has a ton of championship experience obviously among uh, among the, the key players and the core players on the roster so it's just it's i think there's going to be an element of that here too maybe the under is a play you guys 215 and a half the first two games in this went come went no the, i mean the 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 second game was the only one that went over i mean the first the games two and three were both pretty easy unders you were pacing the whole way i mean game one you you had your feet kicked up in the first quarter of that one <laughs> game three I mean, it was you, you weren't you weren't counting your money over like early in the second half, but you were comfortably pacing to the under the whole way in game three. So two fifteen and a half feels maybe like that's potentially a little rich for where this one's at, where the series is at. I don't know. The only thing is, I I feel like Luca could get into a shootout where he's just like, I don't want to lose yet, and tries to put he up definitely like doesn't want to lose burger yet. I know or that. something and. You know, well, so I, I think he may just throw up like a fifty burger and try and keep Dallas in it, and and then it starts and turns into a shootout. Because, you know, to to Funson's point about the Grizzlies series, I think that was because the Grizzlies were just a better team than Dallas and a mm-hmm. much tougher matchup for Golden State in terms of the athleticism. They had a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball that Golden State at moments couldn't stop, and I don't mean like one guy would score twenty and a quarter, but just like there's a. a a number of tough matchups that someone was always open or someone was had a, had a good look. And I don't think Dallas has that variety of offensive weapons. And Kerr's done a great job in the series to say Luca and nobody else. And then we've seen those, yeah. those shooting droughts for Dallas, which is happens to have been in a couple third quarters here or pretty much all of game one where no one else can make a bucket and suddenly golden state runs away with it. Like Dallas in, in game uh, game two, it looked like I was watching a college basketball team they, in the in the third or fourth quarter. They couldn't buy a bucket. Like you mm-hmm. don't see NBA teams go through scoring droughts, extended scoring droughts like that. It was wild, and so like that's the thing where I, I just I don't think Dallas has as many weapons as Memphis did that hurt Golden State. It's Luca, and you know Brunson's had some nice moments, but they they don't have enough. And 
that goes back to my point of like Kid and Doncic, you know, Jason Kidd's like, yeah, we weren't sure we'd even be, you guys didn't think we'd be here. And it's like, well, okay, but you're there. So what are you going <laughs> to do about it? And it yeah. doesn't seem like they have any answers. Yeah, it's funny that you, what you just said is exactly what we said at the beginning of the Dallas-Utah series when we were talking, you know, uh, one of our pods is like, how is Dallas going to do this without Luka yeah. for the first? Uh-huh. And, and then it's like, what do they got? And then Jalen Brunson yeah. was a thing. And then they've been able to do it. You know, Golden State's uh-huh. the first team that's kind of brought this to fruition, what we kind of thought was going to be the issue with Dallas. But uh, up until now, you know, it ha- that hasn't, yeah. you know, it's been something you want to try to create a narrative around. But Dallas keeps like throwing it back in your face. And now Golden State, Golden State's also the by far the best defensive team Dallas yeah. has seen in the playoffs. Yep, this is uh, yeah, this is the top four defensive teams yeah. in the NBA playing still. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So guys, props. Dan, you already mentioned Kevon Looney. Over 8.5 points is something that you are looking at. Clay Thompson's in at 19.5 points. He has his high watermark of the, of the series is 19 points, which he had in Game 3. I mean, I've been living on Clay Thompson unders for a while now, and so that's one that, you know, that's 19.5 is finally down at a, at a spot where I would, I'm not betting the over, but I would at least not auto bet the under the way that I have when it's been at 21.5, 22.5, things like that. I gotta say, guys, even though I like the Warriors, I mean, Reggie Bullock, here we go. Here's the big overreaction again. Goes 0 for 10, 0 for 7 from 3, and now he's sitting at 10.5 points. If you shoot seven threes, I'm going to like you to score more than 10.5 points, and that's basically what Reggie Bullock has been doing all playoffs long. So I think that, even though I'm on the Warriors, I think if I had to pick one prop and one prop only, Reggie Bullock to score 11 points is probably my favorite. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm basically tailing on that because it's two and a half on his three point prop. He was six and three in the previous two games, zero for seven from the three point line the last game. Um, yeah, that can for shooters that can just be it can just happen overnight. You're back to your you find your stroke again. So three for ten in game one, and then he made six threes in game three. Yep, exactly. I mean, there you go, or game two, excuse me. Um, so, the other one, I, I just, I mean, it just keeps paying. Is is Steph? Curry on the uh, assist plus rebounds at eleven and a half. It's slightly higher juice now at minus one thirty. It was more, it, it was more even uh, before, but against Dallas, he's gone 14, 16, 14, 14, 16, 13, 16, uh, <laughs> you know, regular season and postseason. I mean, it just yeah. hasn't come close to coming on the under here. So uh, I'll just I'll keep putting down on that one on the over eleven and a half every time. I like that a lot. Very good. Beautiful dig up there. Beautiful dig up there, Funson. That's a that's a really good one. What do we think about Andrew Wiggins coming off the uh, the game three uh, that he had? Right, uh, scoring twenty seven points, uh, making eleven of twenty shots. Uh, his points prop sitting at six and a half. He grabbed eleven rebounds or sixteen and a half. Grabbed eleven rebounds in that game. Anyone want to bet on a uh, worthy Andrew Wiggins encore in game four? Dan, I f- I feel like with Wiggins, it's interesting because. He- he got all those points, and then in his, even in the playoffs, he's had his moments throughout these playoffs. I think he had a couple of big games against Memphis. 
but it doesn't seem like he's ever a feature part of the offense. It's more like plays happen to be set up for him, which is true with Looney, but I only need eight and a half points. So that's a little different, right? Mm. Uh, so I, I don't know. Like It seems like it's still Curry when they need a big shot. They set some screen and roll threes for Clay. Jordan Poole gets his moments. He tends to play when uh, Curry and or Thompson are on the bench to kind of make sure at least one of those guys are on there, and yep. Poole gets a lot of marquee um, possessions that way. And Wiggins, it's kind of just like, well, like, like for example, that marquee dunk, right? That was just regular running, uh, you know, kind of a weave thing, moving ball movements, and he has a pump fake and just goes to the rim. Like, there's no set play to get him these shots. He has to make it happen. And I, I don't know that Wiggins makes it happen in enough games. Mm-hmm. That's why he's not the guy that Minnesota drafted number one overall, but he's been a great fourth or fifth best player for Golden State, and this is like a great mm-hmm. spot for him. I don't like his consistency enough to bet on an over. In fact, the, the unders got, you know, they're, they're basically saying the under is more likely because that's minus 120 yeah. versus the over is minus 110. So yeah. I'll tell you what, on Wiggins, the play, I think, is PRA. It's only 24 and a half. He's been over in all three games. He's been over five of his last six he has a couple 11 rebound games right or something right thereabouts a couple six assist games so, so like if you don't get that points explosion you're at least getting what he's shown consistently to be like 16 to 19 points mm-hmm. is kind of like his default then he's been doing enough else to kind of get you over that 24 and a half so uh to me like i said five of his last six games and and mostly been comfortably over in this series i'll take 24 and a half on wiggins all right speaking of pras luca Back up to 51 and a half. We laughed at this one in game one. Any takers in game two? Well, I already me. said he could score I, 50 points, so I'm definitely not going <laughs> to take the under. <laughs> I might be inclined I'm, on the other because he's coming off a 40-point game in which he barely got over this. You know, yeah. like it's like he's he's kind of in, you know, in pursuit of points. He's sort of some of like the assists have kind of dropped off. Uh, he's, he hasn't been like the slam dunk, you know, pushing a triple double every night that he was during the regular season. I mean, he, he just has to do everything for this team right now. And it's hard to be, it's hard to be the prime. Forget about the primary score. Basically the only guy who your team like, you know, like this dude's going to get us like Luke is going to do what he does. Can Dallas count on anyone else to be like a for sure 15 point guy? Right, I don't think so. So like you, you've got to be, you've got to like Luke, Luke is going into every game thinking like I got to, I got to get thirty five, probably forty, realistically, if we're <laughs> going to win. And so it's hard to know that to begin with, and then also do all the other things. Yeah, it's, he's scary. Like when he gets a fifty one and a half on the PRA, you're like that's so much. But then when you think, well, he could actually get to like seventy, he's like one of those players who could <laughs> right. get have a seventy PRA. Right. Then you're just like, okay, I'm just going to walk away from this one. You know, like. <laughs> not going to play around with that right right i hear you but yeah 23 years old coming into the play like started the playoffs with an injury play has played what like 10 13 games in the playoffs and now we're talking he's already he's got the the odometer up to 76 games on the season you know this is uh put a lot on his legs so far this year so if i was gonna go one way i would go under i'm not gonna fade luca in a back to the wall situation especially with so much other stuff in this game that i like but I'm certainly not going over that 51 and a half. It's uh, it's a huge number. There's a reason why it's only him, Giannis, and Jokic who ever really see numbers like that for the PRA. It's because they're the do-everything players in the NBA, and uh, they can do everything. But that uh, might be a bridge too far for Luka here in Game 4. Certainly not a bridge too far for you guys to uh, join us here on Best on the Board. Thanks so much for doing so. We're calling it an episode for Funston. For Dan, I'm Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.